1: Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show. Broadcasting on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM, from the unceded Muscoo Territory at the University of Beautiful. And still hot, far too hot for me, and I know it's only going to get hotter, British Columbia. I'm Michael McCall.
0: And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhower.
1: And it's another veritable feast of football for us to chat about this week. We're going to talk Whitecaps, Canadian Championship, MLS, Canadian Premier League. I'm sure we'll touch on some other football from uh, around the world as well to, to kick things off. Because, uh, I mean, the football just now, Zach, it, it's coming thick and fast. It's been cup final day. We're, we're recording this right after the, the Whitecaps game on Saturday night. I wasn't able to get down to the game because TSS were playing this afternoon, so I was doing the commentary for that. It was already going to be touch and go as to whether I could make it down. And then they were playing Rivers from Kamloops, and their bus got caught behind an accident on the Hala, so the game started even later than it was meant to. Oh. So I did manage to get home just in time for the Whitecaps game, but... I was up bright and early, watching some cup finals. I'm sure you were as well, but I'm sure we were watching different cup finals. (laughs) I watched English and Scottish. Did you watch your good friend from Leipzig win the DFB Pokal?
0: I didn't actually. Oh. No.
1: Did I spoil who won that for you? No. (laughs) Maybe I I should have
0: asked you that first. No, I don't mention those things because I don't, I don't, I don't acknowledge their existence.
1: Ah, that's fine. No, I, I watched the uh, the FA Cup. Didn't watch it live. Watched a little bit on delay. Then watched the uh, the Scottish Cup final live, and neither of them were really fantastic games. You you want cup finals to be edge of the seat stuff, but they I didn't feel they really brought it this year. You watched a little bit. Well, you fast forwarded through the. The Manchester Derby highlights?
0: Yeah, just so I can talk to my boss about it tomorrow. He's a he's a red devil, which is kind of awkward, um, which I remind him about often. Um,
1: You'll be happy there's Germans that's doing well?
0: Uh, yeah, no. No. No, definitely not.
1: Let, let's move on. Move Are you
0: happy about that FA Cup final?
1: I, I didn't really care who won. I kind of wanted man united just to stop all this treble talk for man city it's yeah exactly and also just to to break things up as well Like it doesn't really matter who's winning titles in in whatever league I, like this is genuinely why i wanted dortmund to win last week we talked about the bundesliga i it's just when it's the same teams or the same team just winning it over and over it just becomes boring we've been like that in Scotland for so many years now, since about, probably about 86 onwards, it's been Celtic or Rangers. We had a good little spell in the the 80s when Dundee United won it, Aberdeen won it, so that that broke things up. But I mean, it's been so boring, and then with Rangers' financial problems and dropping down the leagues, it's just been Celtic with nine in a row, and then Celtic dominant again. And it just be, it becomes boring and you kind of start to turn your attention to the the lower leagues. Now, I know you disagree as a, a Bayern fan. you loved love to see them win it. But I just think it would have been good for the perception of German football if it wasn't Bayern that had won it this year.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, I, I totally understand how, it, in one sense, that could be helpful for the league and whatever. But I'm still happy that the best team won.
1: Um, yeah well, it's like the Italian League I can't get into that all the all the drama and controversies over the years and all the financial stuff and points deductions it just it's never a league that I can get into now all of a sudden all of a sudden I find myself cheering for an Italian team next weekend in the Champions League Cup final yeah
0: yeah same we'll did you watch me. the
1: euro Europa Cup final
0: <laughs> midweek uh yeah, I watched parts of it. Uh yeah, I watched. I saw like I saw uh, DiBala was Dibala, uh, DiBala's goal, and then I saw the equalizer. I didn't see the extra time or the shootout, except for like the winning shot or whatever.
1: Uh, see, I I I was working, so I'd go home from my lunch, and it was just coming up for two o'clock, and I get an hour and a half lunch. So I thought, well, I just put the game back and just fast forward through it or whatever. And I thought, I'm going to take the gamble. I have a feeling this is going to extra time. Yeah. And I put it on, it was in the 89th minute, I won a piece, and I was like, oh, perfect. And then what followed was a horrible half hour of football that I'd gone into, I didn't care who won. I, I quite like Jose Mourinho. I mean, he's a knob, but I love, I love knobs.
0: And, I oh, No, I, dude, I, there was no question I wanted Roma to win this. Well, I mean, I, I
1: wanted him possibly with it but then all their antics and him on the sideline and everything that's come out since as well with the the abuse even if it's a, an English referee like the abuse that, that Taylor's got and his family were getting threatened And
0: Did you see what um, happened at the airport? Yeah
1: <laughs> it, That's shocking
0: That was, that was crazy and that, should, that shouldn't happen
1: No I mean I, I don't like referees Vanny Sartini's not a big fan of referees. <laughs> now, we're recording this right after the game tonight, so I haven't heard what he said so far in the post-game. We'll check Twitter as we go through this. I imagine he's going to go off on a big rant again about the referees and the, the Whitecaps game tonight, but we're, we're jumping ahead a little bit there. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's just been a, a great time for football. And you were talking a little bit, you wanted to, to talk a little bit about some German football.
0: Oh, do we want to talk about that now?
1: I'll oh, save it sure. to the end when most folk no, turned no, off. No, no, no. Let's talk about
0: <laughs> Well, last week we recorded on Sunday night, I'd only watched the Bayern and the Dortmund games, and I think maybe a bit, a bit of the Schalke... A bit of the Schalke... Um, who was it? Schalke like Leib- the Dead Bull, I think. That's why I couldn't remember, because it was Dead Bull. <laughs> um, and uh, so I'd only watched a little bit of that. Um, uh, but... Um, so, yeah, so uh, I was wrong about Bokum. It wasn't Bokum, it was Stuttgart, obviously, who ended up in the playoff spot playing Hamburg. The reason why it ended up being Hamburg, now Hamburg came third in the second Bundesliga. And the way, if you thought it was dramatic on Saturday and you know how the Bundesliga finished, the second Bundesliga was had not the same, but a similar kind of drama. And going into the last match day, all Darmstadt needed to win. Was or to win the league was to just win their match. They were playing away against Gortrefert, who was mid table, mid table team or a little below mid table team. Um, and uh, so they go into the game, and in the first half, they they get a send a, a correct sending off. A guy like went over and sort of kicked out, but it like high, very high, but both feet kind of into a player with his studs. Um, so they're, they're down a man, and in the second half, Gortrefert scores, uh, is it off? Yeah, four incredible goals. At least three of them were absolutely incredible. I can't remember the fourth right now. I think they were all amazing goals. Uh, oh no, one was a header. One was this okay? Three amazing goals, like three wonderful strikes, uh, and kind of, in my opinion, getting better. Although the the second one was actually pretty good too. But anyways, great great goals. So they beat <laughs> they beat um, uh, they beat Darmstadt four 0 and Darmstadt's just there waiting. For the Heidenheim game, and Heidenheim is playing at uh, away to Jan Regensburg, which is uh Kennedy's team, uh, Scott Kennedy's team, and they are they are relegated. They finish second bottom. They're going down, and they're beating Heidenheim two one. And the match goes into extra time. And so all the Darmstadt players are just, like, waiting. And finally, they're on phones. And finally, the, the guy, the, the VAR cam- or TV or something on the side, they brought it over. And the whole team's, like, gathered around the TV and watching. 93rd minute, uh, um, Heidenheim gets a penalty. They, they equalize. Okay? So at this point, again, Darmstadt's still winning. Uh, and then, and they, I think there was 12 minutes of time added on. Oh, wow. In the, in the, so in the 99th minute, they got the winner to win the league to win their promotion to the Bundesliga for the first time ever. Oh wow. And and it also that meant that Hamburg <laughs> because so it was 60 they it was just like the Bundesliga where in the end Heidenheim and Darmstadt were equal on points but Heidenheim had better goal differential and Hamburg was only 1 point below. So had Heidenheim not won they would have finished 3rd and went into the playoff. It was it was crazy. So you had like I think Hamburg Actually, Hamburg, if I, the reports I heard, Hamburg people were celebrating that they were promoted and then they had to stop because Heidenheim, <laughs> Heidenheim won and, and pushed them down. Yeah, because um, pers- absolutely, absolutely, absolutely crazy. So you have this team, first time Bundesliga. Uh, so yeah, big, big ups to Eins, FC or Fußball Club, Heidenheim. Uh, is it 1846 or 1946? Now I'm forgetting what is it uh 18 46 me? 1846. i don't know so yeah it, it, like absolutely crazy and then of course if, if you've been following uh you know hamburg's playing stuttgart this week and uh, stuttgart has the first leg at home and there's there's no uh there's no away goals rule but they they handily beat hamburg three nil um yeah hamburg got a red card after they were down three oh. nil um so it's it's gonna to be tough for them in the second league, which goes I think Monday or Tuesday. Um, but yeah,
1: because I like for, for years I, I've read when Saturday comes, it's a an English football yeah, yeah. magazine. And yeah. it's like it's it's a it's a cult thing. It was one of the things that kind of spearheaded the fanzine movement. I've written for them, I've written in some of their books that they've had out, and we've always had a a good relationship with them. So I I still subscribe to them. Actually, my two-year thing's just run out. I need to renew that um, to get the the printed copy sent over. I just love to have it, still love to read it. But I get their weekly newsletter. So they were talking in the newsletter this week, I've just dug it out, um, about what you were just talking about. But remember last week I'd mentioned how the West Ham fans were... had basically convinced the Leicester fans that Bournemouth had scored and Leicester were staying up. So they're talking about that, but they said it happened in Germany too, which is obviously this, it said some chickens were counted too early by fans of both Weisbaden and Hamburg, who both discovered in the middle of pitch invasions, that automatic promotion had been snatched away by injury time goals.
0: So that happened to Weisbaden in the, they're in the third league. And so they ended up coming fourth, but that put them into the promotion relegation uh, playoff because, uh, like I was just telling you, I think it was uh, Freiburg's second team came like top. Uh, yeah. The second, but second teams can't go above the third division in Germany. So that v- Weissbaden got into the playoff against um, against last year's relegated Bundesliga team, Armenia Belafilt, whose old keeper just played in that FA Cup game for Man City, And... Uh, and they smashed them like 4-0 in the first thing, I believe. So, yeah, they, they, it's, it's been a, a crazy week. I, I love this
1: time of year. I mean, it, it's fantastic. One of my favorite memories, I, I spoke about this on the show before, East 5 won promotion in 2002 with a, a goal in the 90th or 91st minute. But our game had started late because we had a capacity crowd, so the game started like 10 minutes late. But The other team that we were playing with Against or like battling with Albion Rovers, they'd won their match So they thought they had gone up And that our game was finished because it was nil nil, And then they were on the pitch Celebrating promotion When our game was still on And then we got the winning goal that put us up <laughs> And there's nothing sadder then yeah. if you're celebrating something and then word comes through of like, oh no, you're a little bit premature there.
0: Yeah. That happened to Schalke. Bayern, Bayern stole the title. They were, they were, they were, pitch Invasion was happening. They thought they won the first title in years and years and years. And then I think that was the year where, uh, what's his name? The Swede. Um, Oh, how can I not remember his name? I can see. His, oh, Patrick Anderson scored a indirect free kick in the box at, at Hamburg for Bayern to win the league on the last day of the season wow like i said bundesliga is there's so much good drama so much so so yes yeah, it's so good
1: i mean just this time of year though in in general with all the the playoffs oh, yeah. going on i mean it, at first i didn't really like it too much but it's like i love it all now it's just it's fantastic it certainly adds to it um i've been watching the the scottish ones as well and it's been mixed in the battle for the premier Daly, Dario dario's and that aki hamiltonaki's got relegated after they were, they'd done enough, they'd staved off relegation, and they considered an 89th minute equaliser. And then the game ended up going to penalties, and they ended up losing on penalties. So it would be interesting to see if Dario hangs around there. He's a player I've always thought might want to come back to maybe playing Canada, playing the CPL. I think that there's a certain team that, that you've been watching that could maybe do with a, a striker as well, but we'll, we'll come to that. In the final part, for this part, we're going to talk a little bit about MLS and the Whitecaps have been busy this week. So we're we're going to talk for the rest of this first part about the midweek game against Houston. That we won't delve into too too much, but there it was history in the in the making. Zach six two, the Whitecaps ran out the most goals the Whitecaps have scored in an MLS match. The first time in MLS history that a team has scored within the first 30 seconds of both halves in a game, so we had all this history going, it was the third time this year that the Whitecaps, across all competitions, have scored five or more goals at BC Place, and the first time that they've done that three times in a season, I think... MLS stats had a stat that came out as well after the game midweek saying that since the Whitecaps returned to BC place, they've got the best home record from any team across all of MLS. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, just the most home victories. Now, I know you're a Vancouver FC fan, so just to explain, a home victory. It's when the opposition team doesn't come to your ground and score five or six goals. <laughs> ah, oh, I've been looking forward to doing that today.
0: <laughs> oh, Michael! You're funny.
1: Ah, has shan Shan been saying much in the media these days? I haven't haven't heard too much from him recently. No, he,
0: just, he just keeps scoring goals.
1: Does he? Yeah. I, I keep losing track with just seeing what the opposition are putting up. But anyway, let's get back to, to the Whitecaps. Houston, what, what did you make of that game on Wednesday? Because given you all those stats, it's the most goals the Whitecaps have ever scored in an MLS game. And afterwards, Vani Sartini basically said it was the worst performance he's, he's seen from his team. Because that yeah. first half, yeah. they were lucky not to be three or four goals down.
0: Yeah, exactly. Even before... Uh, you know, I have the benefit of looking back on this the, the sporting game that, that just happened but even if, like even after it, I felt like yeah this is uh, people should be careful getting too high on this result because it's it feels like a little bit of uh not a one-off but if because obviously they've scored a bag full of goals at least once or twice already this year. Um, but it 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 felt like yeah, the first half was not good for them. Like you said, they they could have conceded way way more goals, and um, and then and then in the second half it just was like everything was going in. So, yeah,
1: I t- so. I mean Houston came away feeling that they should have got something out of that match, uh, and they should. And I'm I'm preempting our chat in the next part about tonight's game. But Peter Vermees feels he should have come away with three points tonight, although that's a little bit more debatable. But I mean, Houston were the the better team in that first half. And I I mean, usually when there's two games in a week, we don't dwell too much on the first game because it's kind of in the past, but there's just so much to talk about from this game because the first 18 minutes saw four goals and you had an absolutely stunning start. Actually, before I get to that, Savani so made four changes Yeah, from the team that were the masters of their own downfall in St. Louis the weekend before. Now, two of those came defensively with Yohei Takaoka returning between the sticks and Laborda coming in to play centre-back in the 4-3-2-1.
0: Yeah, he would, he would be central figure in this match, No, would you not say?
1: Yes, I think that is fair to say. Um, I I don't think he had too bad of a game, though. I, I mean, I I quite liked what I saw from him, and he got the start again tonight, but not as centre back.
0: Is, is it fair to say he had a very Uruguayan game? Yes,
1: I think that that is a very fair way to say. But Whitecaps, they took the lead fifteen seconds in. Gold sent the ball in, looking for White. It wasn't the best ball from from Gold. But the Dynamo defenders just did not deal with it at all. Allowing White to knock the the ball to the outside to Vite, who lashed the ball home for his third goal in four matches and just continuing what we're saying in last week's show about he's really starting to find his feet now at MLS. And And it's
0: great to see. And how many seconds in was that? 15. 15, right.
1: So that was just the start that the Whitecaps needed. But then their propensity... For just gifting goals to the opposition then came to the fore in the next few minutes because Houston got back level in the 8th minute when Baird volleyed home across that was at the back of the box officially Karskia got the assist but I mean let's be honest in reality that was helped all the way by Jafaine Brown who had the worst attempt at a diving header I think I've ever seen in my life yeah. I don't know if he fell over if he just mistimed it, but oh, that was horrific defending.
0: Are you saying he fell over? He fell over. Yes.
1: Blame the turf monster. But I mean, that was just abysmal defending. Eight minutes later, Houston had the lead. Steres, perfectly weighted ball. Basti brought it down beautifully, finished mm. with a plum. It was just another. Another goal that the Whitecaps you feel just should not have given up, but the, the lead lasted two minutes before they're back on level terms. Louise Martin sent in a cross from the left, flicked it onto Gressel at the back post. He German smashed hit it.
0: home. He, he smashed, smashed that, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Gressel has just been absolutely outstanding for for the Whitecaps this year. Um it's got to the stage now you kind of wonder can they keep hold of him i mean we've talked a lot about oh are going to get off a new contract or stuff if i'm him i hold out to the end of the season just to see who comes a calling because he's definitely having one of those kind of career years
0: yeah he uh, he is and uh for him it's great that it's in a <laughs> year where's. uh where there's be some decisions made and offers made and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, he yeah he is playing pretty incredibly for them this year.
1: But the the rest of that first half, Houston with a better team, Karskia crashed one off the post. There there was one as well. Blackman kind of stumbled and fell over for, for one of the things. And I, I just felt the Cats were so fortunate to be going in on level terms, and you kind of feared the worst for the second half but if the first half started with a bang the second half started with a, an equal bang 10 seconds yeah. into it
0: Yeah, if the first half wasn't fast enough for you
1: Yeah It's like, hold, hold a drink we'll do a little bit better Kick off played back to Luis Martins who again I thought had a very strong game for all the other defensive frailties I thought Martins was one of the better players out there sent the long ball forward to White who chested it down to Gold? Gold crashed one off the post from about twenty yards out. The rebound fell kindly into the path of White, who had the easy job of sweeping the ball home into the empty net. It was three-two, and they just didn't look back after that.
0: No, no, that was uh, all they needed. Well. Remind me, when did, the, when did the red card come? It was 4-2, right?
1: Yeah, it was 4-2, because yeah, they, they... The they game was already gone. Yeah, they went yeah. 4-2 up in the 59th minute yeah. when Gold powered forward. His deflected shot was parried away by Clark. The rebound fell from Gressel, who volleyed home his second of the night. It's 4-2 and a bit of breathing space at that point. But Nick's goal was then going to be the key one, but Houston's night was then changed in the 69th minute. When Quinones, I think he is how you pronounce his name, he was sent off for hitting out at Matthias Laborda, and it all stemmed because Laborda kicked the ball away when Quinones was trying to to go down and get it, and then he just he lashed out at him, and he did he did lash out at him. There's no denying that he did move his hand towards him, but laborda went down like a sack of tatties as we would say in scotland
0: yeah i mean i i like i know we've talked about this in in years past that mls is very has been very strict on like hands to face being like automatic like straight red no matter like remember the one guy like tapped his buddy on the cheek oh yeah that was ridiculous um but so this wasn't that but like when i watched replay did he never even touched his like,
1: yeah, I don't think he made contact, and uh, that's in, why I don't understand how Var
0: didn't. I don't understand how Var didn't look at it and say, "Yeah, uh, yeah." By the way, ref, uh, you might have think he hit his face, but he didn't. Like, I I understand why the the fine was given to Laborda after the fact, but yeah, I do not it, it was definitely an embellishment. Like it was, it was. Uh, VAR was ineffectual in this case. Like, they should have, that shouldn't have happened. Now, I don't, uh, having said that, I don't think it would have impacted the outcome of the match. (laughs) So I don't don't know that. But it was just a a really uh, poor form from VAR, in my opinion. Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't know if you can say it was a turning point because it was 4-2 by that point. The the Whitecaps were rampant. But, I mean, it basically killed off the chance of, of Houston getting into it. And then a couple of firsts first ever MLS goal from Sebastian Berhalter and then Berhalter turns provider for Ryan Gold's first goal of the year that he actually gets to keep yeah. he's had the ball in the net three times, one goal to show for it Yeah, but I mean it, it was a good win it was a 6-2 win in the end the, the crowd was just over 13,000 which is not great but for a midweek game but I mean that they're turning on the style at home in these games and they're they're racking up the goals and it's just it's just a shame really that fans haven't been seeing it. At least this game was on TSN. So you kinda uh, hope that fans see that and go, Oh, they're playing free-flowing football, that they're, they're getting the goals in, especially if they just watch the second half. Cause afterwards, as I alluded to Vanny's quote was, I think it was our worst performance of the season, to be honest. The first half was, I want to say a word that is not a bad word, but it's really, really, really hard not to say because I think we were terrible. The first half we were like completely terrible. Houston should have been up by at least two goals and then the second half he feels they played very well, which they they did. But he said what you said as well, which was don't get misguided by the results because I'm the first one who defends the team who says that we play well even when we lose, but today we've been very, very, very lucky. And I I admire Vanny for coming out and saying that and just brutal honesty. It's what everyone's watching, and I I like that he comes out and says that. And it's also a grounding thing. It just keeps the players like, oh, Lee, don't get carried away with this, because you were fortunate, because you played like shit in that first half. Yeah. But that win, Moved the Whitecaps up to sixth in the MLS West. That's how they entered this weekend. And that's how they finished this Saturday night as well. And we'll be back chatting about the second game in four days in MLS action after this. Hi, I'm Ryan Gold and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. It's a new month, and you know what that means. A new Artist of the Month here at AFTN. And we enjoyed the three-piece Irish band Ash last month. So I thought, why not go for another three-piece Irish band this month? This band is from Larne in Northern Ireland. They've been going since 1989, still going. Had a a new album out recently as well. They are called Therapy, a fantastic three-piece band. They've had a a number of albums and singles out over the year. So we're going to bring you some songs from them over the month of June. We're going to bring you two songs to kick off their Artist of the Month residency, in this episode and the first of them taken from their their debut full album nurse they did have a couple of mini albums out before that but this was really their their first full album it was a, a single that was released in 1992 reached number 30 in the UK charts and that was teeth grinder yeah a tooth grinder when you sleep Zach.
0: No, I am not.
1: No, I, I, my dentist said that I might be. I don't know that I am if, I, if I'm doing it or whatever, but yeah. So that was Therapy Our Arts of the Month. That was their song from their album, Nurse. Fantastic album. The song was also featured in the video game Road Rash. It was one oh, of the, yeah. the songs that, that was played in that. So a few I, remember people, that, I
0: never played that game, but I remember that game.
1: A few folk may have heard that song in the past. They're a really good rock band. I'd heard their new singles that they had brought out recently and I was like, oh, I have to dig out some of their old stuff. They've got a new album that came out this year called Hard Cold Fire, which I haven't got hold of yet, but I will. So we'll be playing songs from across their many, many years, going from 1989, as I mentioned. So we'll be playing yeah, a number of songs from them this month. But football-wise in this part, we're going to talk about tonight's Whitecaps game because as I mentioned we're recording this on Saturday night right after the match and it was Whitecaps won, Sporting Kansas City won, not continuing the winning ways for the Whitecaps another two points dropped at home which disappointing when it's uh, against a Western Conference team especially one that's below you in the standings you're hoping to get all the three points I, I could see both managers and both teams kind of being partly pleased that they've come away with that with a share of the points, but also partly disappointed because they've only taken one point for it. I think both teams at spells of the game, because the game ebbed and flowed, but at spells both teams were in the ascendancy. I could have seen both teams getting the win, but in the end, I think a draw was probably the fair result. Although in the second half the white caps certainly shaded it in fact maybe more than shaded it, I think they at times they looked at the only team really wanting to push forward and try and attack in that second half.
0: Yeah, that's probably fair. Well, what, what did you think of the the, the, the lineup choice the choices? I felt I felt like they did not rest as many players or not rest, but no, they did not, yeah. they, they gave more minutes to certain players than I thought they would ahead of the Voyagers Cup finale. They made two changes to that team that one mm-hmm. midweek. I don't know
1: if part of it was that they've got other players in mind for that final against Montreal or whether it was more the well, they just well, wanted to rest the players.
0: They have Rusty and Raposo in mind for that game. Absolutely. Well,
1: yeah, I mean they've got to have the the Canadians playing that is obviously one of the factors in this, unless they pull them off after a minute, is how, that? How Al, allowed
0: Al, to do? I'll, 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 there's no time frame for Ali's return, right? No, he's still out with
1: a, a concussion. It's like day-to-day, week-to-week. I was at the Whitecaps 2 game on Friday night and he often goes along and watches, so he wasn't there. Yeah. So maybe just not really going about and doing stuff yet so far. I was hoping to maybe just catch up with him and see how he was doing, but... If he was there, I didn't see him, at least. But um, Thomas Asal, though, played in that game, just already sidetracking ourselves. And I was very pleased for Thomas because after that debacle in St. Louis, Vanny came out midweek and said, he needs to get some time in WFC2, which we talked about. He has to get this playing time. Wasn't really tested too much in the game. The game went to penalties, though. Came up with two big saves in the penalty shootout. And Whitecaps 2 came away with the win. So that, that was a, a good one for, for Hassal. I was going to actually chat to him afterwards, but I thought, no, nah, I'll let him have this moment and maybe speak to midweek when I get up to training on Tuesday. But hopefully that's good for him, a bit of a, a confidence booster for him, because he wasn't in the the game day 18 for that midweek game for Houston. Isaac Bomer took the place on the bench, and that was obviously with one eye to him playing this Friday for WFC 2. But yeah, the lineup for this game against KC, I, I expected a little bit more. Um, I thought it was in. I, I thought if at the start of the season, if you'd asked people to write down what they felt was going to be the strongest Whitecaps lineup, with the view to Laborde being a right back, which at that point we didn't know that that was how he was being viewed. But if you said all oh, aboard is going to be a right back, I think this is the the best starting eleven that you would have written down on paper at the start of the year.
0: Also, before you saw Ali's progression,
1: yeah, Ali's progression, Simon yeah. Betcher, how bad Cordova is. Yeah, yeah
0: that's fair. That on on but, uh,
1: paper, when you saw this, yeah. this is our squad. Write down who you think would be your strongest starting eleven. I think this is it. Yeah, at that point, that I don't sense. think it is the strongest starting eleven now, which was then the issue because yeah. it wasn't a fantastic all-round performance.
0: No, it, it wasn't.
1: I, I mean, a point is a a good result. Over the last, I, I was looking at the form guide. Over the last six games, SKC had fourth best team in all of MLS in their form. They've really kind of turned that corner. Right after Johnny Russell came out and said, I don't know how we turn this around, they managed to find out how to turn it around, and they've gone on a bit of a run, up to 17 points now, and just 3, maybe 4 points outside the playoff places, so they they have turned that around, and it's a quality team, and they should never have been languishing down the bottom of the table anyway, and you saw glimpses of it tonight, like having Pulido back, what that can mean for them, kinda. Not at his best that we saw from a couple of, of years ago, but starting to find that form. They move the ball around well. Salawi, I just think, is an absolutely fantastic player. Some of his delivery is, is tremendous. So I think they're only going to get stronger and stronger as the, the season goes on, which is why this would have been a huge chance for the Whitecaps to take three points off them.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Going into the game, you thought for sure that they were going to take three points, right? Like... The high of the Houston game, yep. uh, Kansas City's form and form of the season as a whole, and their placement in the table—you thought for sure—and just the fact that it's a home game, you, you have to win your home games, and so it. it um, no, no win is guaranteed, but it felt like this is a, 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 a it felt. I don't know if you were going to the game tonight. You probably felt fairly certain we're going to walk away with three points.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, coming out of it neither of us have really had a chance to watch it back but coming out of it did you feel it was a a a good point earned by Vancouver or two points dropped at the end of the day and how the game played out
0: Uh, yeah I think well in principle it's two points dropped for sure in in terms of the way the game played out I think they did well to battle back and be resilient and, and not quit which is something they've done most of the time this season and so they deserve credit for that um I, I know we're gonna talk about it a little bit I I watched most of it with not all of it but mostly with the sound off and so I didn't hear the explanation around the Ryan Gold's uh, goal that was called mm-hmm. back the deflected goal um but so I'm sure I'm sure they'll feel hard done by because of that or they'll me or Vanny or whatever will feel like they should have won because of because of that maybe alone um but I think you're right. I think in, in all, it was probably a fair result for based on what happened on the pitch. They did have a chance or two at the end, but like the Caicedo one at the very end was offside. Would have been yeah. called back. Yeah. Um And, and that, I mean that on that play, the pass should have been made way earlier from uh, from Betcher, or he should have risked taking. I a I think he was shot. just
1: caught in two minds. He was he wanted to get the shot as every striker would, but then didn't have a clear shot and the time he made his mind up it was kind of stuck in his feet a little bit.
0: Yeah because I think it would, he would have taken the left footed too if he yeah. was going to take it right away and from that distance with that kind of precision required I don't think it would have gone well. No, McIntosh Mac- he... was
1: having a good game as well I mean I, yeah. I've been quite critical of him I didn't think he's been that good for Casey and has been one of the the problems with Melia out as well but yeah. I, I thought he he's was got... excellent tonight I was going to but...
0: say it's hard to replace a Timelia, right? Yeah like... yeah
1: the referees and the officials certainly played their part in in the game on, on yeah. Saturday night. Let's look at the first one. Seven minutes in, and Robert Castellanis receives a, a yellow card for a, a foul on Cordova. I thought, yep, yeah, it's a foul. It's a yellow card. Get on with it. And then the referee is called over for a video review for a possible red card for the denial of a goal-scoring opportunity. Yeah. I don't understand that. For, for me, there was that was never a red
0: card. No, again, it felt... Because he made the right call on the field initially, right? Navarro's yeah. You should double-check it. Yeah, I felt like he had the right call. He knew that there was a defender that could would have... Yeah, the- he, he
1: was far away, but he could easily have cut that angle down. Yeah. Also, I think when he he then went and looked at the video review, he's like, oh, it's Sergio Cordova. Oh, that's not going to deny a goal-scoring opportunity.
0: (laughs) And you're not just talking about his pace?
1: No, just this lumbering towards goal. He was never going to get there. Um, I I just thought that was weird. It's like, early in the game, you've got the fourth official questioning the referee's decision, and the referee's decision on the field was right. I don't like that because it's then putting some doubts in the referee's mind and it can unsettle them for the game. Mm -hmm. Now, this might seem a a weird thing to say. I don't think the referee had a bad game. I actually think the referee had a, a very good game. And it was other elements on the field that I'm maybe questioning a little bit because he made the right call there. Um, We'll get to the the next controversial one in a sec, but before that, Sporting Kansas City, who'd been the better side for the the first half of the first half, they got the breakthrough that their their play probably deserved in the 20th minute. They won a corner on the right, Tommy sent it into the near post for Pulido, Pulido rises to meet it superbly in a lovely flick-on, looping header, Takaoka. I always feel the goalkeepers can do better on so many goals. I think his positioning maybe wasn't great for this, but it was one of those headers from Pulido that I think it would have been hard for him to get to, even if he had been positioned slightly differently.
0: Yeah, I mean, we know Pulido's pedigree coming into MLS and he's had his ups and downs, obviously, but he he can be real quality in the air. We've seen it before, and we saw a taste of it again there. I find it, yeah, hard to be overcritical of Takeoka on this one. I think, um, uh, let me put it this way: there's other goals this season that I think he was far worse on. Yes, yeah. Um, So I feel like it's maybe being a little bit overly critical of him. Uh, You know,
1: yeah. I, I just, just me. I mean, I think it was a great header by Toledo. I mean, his placement of it—that's exactly where he wanted it to go. He knew. Exactly where the back post was, and it it was everything about that goal was was fantastic. And you saw the look in the White Cats defenders again of like, oh no, here we go again. But they it looked like Casey's lead had lasted for less than four minutes. Ryan Gold rifled a home a, a long ranger with the aid of a deflection and everyone's celebrating and you're like yay and then you're seeing that the referees are reviewing it and you think oh they just review every goal and then it's going on and you're like what are they seeing that is wrong in this and we've had more clarification since which we'll, we'll go into just now but when i first saw it i just could not see anything wrong with the goal i knew they were going to be looking at blackman being kind of in the six yard box but Macintosh would have had to have been eight foot tall, for him to have been interfering with a dive from Macintosh if he'd if he'd made a dive for the ball. So I thought, well, that there's nothing in in that to me. So the goal's going to count. What was your initial thought when you saw the goal go in and you saw the review?
0: Yeah, so I had, like I said, I had the volume off, and when, so when it first went in, I thought, oh, okay. I think that's going to be a goal like yeah i think they'll feel hard done by it maybe a little bit but especially with the deflection like the, yeah Macintosh will feel like ah like very frustrated and then when i saw right before they were about to restart i saw that you know the, the referee put his hand to his ear or whatever or he made a signal about hang on a second or whatever it was uh, and i was like oh they're oh they're gonna look at it and then when i saw it again i was like yeah, okay it looks like there's some hindering. It looks like the bigger hindering is coming from his own team, but the initial hindering com- is coming from uh, his black men, I believe. Um, so I was like, okay, they're going to look at it. I was like, I don't know if this is going to get overturned. I mean, he already didn't didn't uh, go with their 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 suggestion for the red card. Yeah. Um, so I thought, I think he's still going to give this after I saw the replays. Again, no audio. So I'm just, this is visually what I'm seeing. And um, so I was a little surprised that he called it back, but I don't... I, it might be a bit harsh, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's like a, a horrible call. Uh, if if Steve were here, I think he would get into the the language of clear and obvious. That that's definitely yeah. The, the post game explanations
1: though clear it yeah. up a yeah, lot. Because okay. the thing is, it was given by the linesman. He'd put his flag up right away. Oh, the fair. referee oh. had initially given it, and then seen that the linesman had his flag up. Oh, okay. it was the linesman that. that made the call so Christina uncle referee her her twitter profile says football laws analyst but she is she's she, used a lot in the American stuff I can't remember if it's Fox or, or CBS whoever she, it is that uses her
0: but... is she in your relation to Ted? yeah oh okay is she um, his uncle? <laughs> <laughs> or is he her uncle? Ted's her
1: uncle yeah. no it's Bob I think you're thinking of Um, So, she tweeted out, Vancouver's white, which is not white, it's Blackman, but ironic that you're mixing up black and white there for a referee when they keep saying things are very black and white, but she's mixed this up. So, she's saying that Blackman is in an offside position at the time of the shot. For Mm -hmm. clarification, he is not interfering with the goalkeeper but with the other defender from being able uh, to defend the shot. Okay. Correct decision by VAR, Stoika to recommend offside interfering with the opponent. Now, since then, and then there's been lots of Twitter discussions, folk have been explaining that because McIntosh had moved up, that then makes the last defender the, the, the guy that, Blackman has to have more than one behind him. So that w- was one of the aspects of it as well. But the clarification that's come out tonight, I will just get this back up because there's been so many tweets on this tonight. There's a pool reporter at all the games and yeah. they can ask the officials why they did things. So on the no goal, the official word from the referee is the decision on the field was offside Due to interfering with an opponent, Vancouver attacker number six was in offside position and made contact with the SKC defender at the moment the shot was taken. Now, the only thing I would say about that is I think the defender also made contact with him. They were kind of just jostling to... Like, Blackman was trying to get out of the box. And I don't know that he impeded the defender in a way that... I don't think the defender was ever going to get over to that shot. But I guess if you're going by the letter of the law, then that's what they have to say. They yeah. also clarified about the sending off. Um, and it was, in the opinion of the VAR, the foul committed by Casey's number 19 denied an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. After an on-field review, the referee did not feel all the criteria for dogs were met so he maintained his original decision to show a yellow card for stopping a promising attack. And mm. I admire the referee for sticking to his guns, because he was correct. Yeah, I mean, it just shows you that different referees can look at incidents in different ways. That's just humans. Uh, fr- frustrating, because my initial reaction was to tweet out, how the fuck is that not a goal? Um, I still, I, I understand it. I just don't think that Blackman was interfering in the play and I don't think he stopped the defender getting to block that shot. But they're also saying he was in an offside position as well, but again, for me he was in an offside position that wasn't interfering with the play and you see goals every week with his players in offside positions and it's not flagged offside because they've had nothing to do with the goal, but they are feeling that in this case he impeded the defender from getting to the ball and I just I don't agree that he did. And am not biased. I would say exactly the same if it had been reversed.
0: See, I think he did, but it's to me. I think you could have potentially given the goal be, due to the degree of his interference. Like I don't know that it was. Yeah, I don't know. Like you said, I don't know. It would have altered what the defender and or keeper could have done necessarily, but ultimately, I think uh, I w- I'm okay with the with the conclusion they came to. Yeah. I don't, I've calmed down from I don't, the initial
1: I don't, thing. After I don't everyone's th- been explaining everything. Yeah,
0: I don't think I don't think, I don't think the Whitecaps can feel that hard done by. It, let me put it that way. No, like, like I don't like. Let me put it in this language. I don't think they should like. I don't know. Accept or uh, expect an apology for this. <laughs> I don't think they forgot their
1: apology. Vanny, of course, was fined an undisclosed amount. So wasn't much transparency like, in this league.
0: Wasn't that like five players? Also, so there were six
1: players altogether six players as well. In the game, it was mass confrontation and public yeah. criticism. And I don't like that rule. Now, I do understand that you don't want managers and players just ripping into referees. It puts pressure, added pressure on referees. But at the same time, I don't like how it's phrased as public criticism. For this, this league talks about transparency. You have to talk about these issues and you should have public criticism. But Vanny was losing it at this decision and was getting held back by his uh, assistants, which he was also later on, which got him a yellow card for a different incident. But I mean, the Whitecaps felt aggrieved and Vanny was the first person, because Har messaged me saying, oh, Vanny's the first person in the locker room uh, the halftime whistle did not hang about he clearly didn't want to get into it with the referee but the rest of the first half it it seemed to the decision seemed to take the wind out the whitecaps for a spell but they rallied towards the end of that first half i think they finished it quite strong and they had a chance from cordova deep in into stoppage time a goal-bound header Superbly turned away by McIntosh. It was a really good save. It was a good header by Cordova. And it's one of those things, he needs this first goal. That could have been a great chance to get it, but for a good save. But I guess a positive is he's getting in those positions. He's getting those chances at least.
0: Yeah, he had like yeah one or two chances that in, the, in the game tonight that mm. looked um, encouraging but i understand people's frustration and it is concerning yeah the longer now, it goes on it's more and more concerning like white like white i was concerned about white earlier this year and he hasn't like to me like lit it up but he has started to become more consistent of like whatever almost it feels like every other game he's getting a goal or yeah. or an assist or two or whatever and his
1: life. expected goals are through the roof and i hate that but anyway <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean he has kind of Turned it around a little bit. I mean at half time. The Whitecaps were still very much in the match. And I do feel they were the, the, the better team in that second half. They did seem like the only team that really wanted to attack. And like kind of dictate the play. KC seemed happy to just sit back and defend that lead. Without maybe getting too much pressure put on them. But it felt like the Whitecaps could be the team that would get the next goal. And... There was a couple of chances, a great opportunity. Kubis stripped the ball from Pulido, played it forward to Gold, neat little touch inside to White, who hit his shot really well, but crashed off the, the left post. So mm-hmm. that was a great chance on yeah. about the hour mark. And you're like, oh, they're going to get... They weren't getting the clear-cut chances, and the, it was just kind of lacking the final balls at times as well. But they finally got their breakthrough, Eighty-eighth minute again. Though there was refereeing input, Deiber Caicedo sent crashing to the deck in a tackle by Robert Volador. As soon as I saw it, I was like, "Oh yes, penalty! Here we go."
0: Yeah, that, that's funny because I had the exact opposite. Really? Well, just, just only because, and I'm, I'm this is partly why I would never be a referee. My vision maybe isn't as good as most people. I actually thought from just the initial thing, I thought that the defender got the ball. So you thought
1: it was him that had nicked the ball away, right? Yeah, I thought he, I
0: thought he had nicked the ball away. I was like, yeah, that's never—that's never fair. A team. Yeah, but then when I saw the replay, I was like, yeah, oh, that, that's a penalty. <laughs> I
1: mean, that is, that is fair because it, it happened so fast, and that is why there's VAR. Yeah, and I'm guessing the referee thought exactly the same thing. Yeah, but but I. As soon as they hit the deck, I thought it was a penalty, but that probably just my, my blue-tinted glasses. Then when I saw the replays, it's like, well, that's clearly a penalty. Yeah. And I thought, well, it's obviously going to get a video review, but it seemed to take ages, and I thought, why are they taking so long to look at this?
0: Yeah. And I thought this they point, weren't going to give it. At this point, I did have the commentary on, and they said, this is the first Boycaps penalty of the season? Yes. Did league play? Yeah.
1: Oh. It, it was a penalty, and thankfully, the, VAR... Called the ref over, looked at it. Decision was made. Vanny was going apoplectic when it hadn't yes. been given, and I thought, was getting I thought he held was getting, back get, again by his yeah. coaches.
0: I thought he was at least getting a yellow for that. Yeah,
1: well, he did. He did get a yellow. Oh, okay. Michael Agostini was really trying to like calm him down and, and hold him back. I, I understand why. I mean, it's frustration because these are the decisions that can cost you points, that can cost a manager his job, and when you feel yeah. that you're being hard done by. I mean, it's why I would never be a coach on the sidelines. I would I would just be getting into it so much with the, the referees. and Like the WFC2 game last night, Benny Filehaber is the Sporting Kansas City 2 head coach. He thought his team should have got a penalty and kicked the dugout so hard you really heard it as if it was right in front of you, way up at the back of the stand. And was screaming, again, really loud because I was sitting in the back row. Are you kidding me? Right in the face of the fourth official, he got booked for that, but he kept on at the fourth official and I thought he's going to get another yellow. It's hard to be a coach, it's hard to be an official and there's been a lot of stuff in the news this week about, we, we touched on it, Anthony Taylor and the Europa yeah. League final. I, I watched an interesting thing in the news this week that it's been trialed in Ontario, body cams oh, from yeah, Freese. yeah. Now, when you've got to that stage... Things need to, people need to get a grip. People need to calm down. And I'm a lot well, better now because I'm more watching from a media role or a commentator role. But when I was going to games as a spectator, I was losing it with the refs and yelling at them and writing their faces as they went off at halftime and stuff.
0: Well, in the body in Ontario, the, the the referee having a body cam, whatever. At least they'll be able to keep an eye on the, the, the flying megaphones.
1: That is very true. Yes, because I mean they're very dangerous. Unidentified flying megaphone objects the fact and it looks like it's going to be coming to b c as well, but the fact that you have to have that, and they were talking about how referee numbers are way down now across the country, and I know that's been an issue here in b c yeah, and there there's been younger and younger referees coming in and i've I've been at v m s l games when because it's a young referee or a linesman the players are really at at their faces and and just really trying to turn the pressure upon them and use the the fact that they're older to try and get a change in the decision. And there's a lot of, like, mixed refereeing teams now. There's a lot more female referees and female assistant referees as well. And sometimes I feel that they get a lot more abuse as well just because they feel that they can bully them a little bit.
0: One one of my students uh, was... uh female referee she was doing it since she was I don't know 16 but I think she stopped when she was 17 because she got so much abuse and she was just like this is just not worth it like the money's not worth it and the experience yeah. is not worth it and the climbing the ladder maybe she could have done that or whatever but she was just like no and it was like a very very like uh like football family like dad's non-stop coaching and like yeah high level knowledge of the of the game and whatever. And yeah, it was, I was sad when she told me, she's like, yeah, I'm just, I've given it up because it's just, I, I can't take the abuse. I was like, oh, that's horrible.
1: I mean, t- to get to the stage of body cams, you're thinking, wow, just, and I, I, this is going off a complete tangent, but I mean, I've read for the last couple of years, just post COVID people's behavior in a lot of different mm. places has got worse. There's been, been a lot been. of incidents over at, at theatres, like live stage plays in the UK, where just the audience, it's like they don't know how to behave anymore. They're singing along with songs really loud. There's fights breaking out. And it's like, maybe we should have Theatre Violence Awareness Month one of these months or something. But it's, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I Some of the, the games I'm at, VMSL-wise and stuff, I'm like, who, especially when you see the young guys, who chooses to want to do that? Because you're just getting so much abuse. We, sh- we should get friend of the show Chris Harrop actually at some point and yeah. just talk about referee and stuff. And he,
0: I think he could be in CPL. Like I think he's. I think he was the assistant
1: actually for the Whitecaps two game. Yeah, probably On Friday.
0: Yeah, he might have been. His his dad was taking photos for us on Friday. Ah. Mm-hmm. He should be watching brother. his son. His, no, no, <laughs> and his brother was there too. It was good.
1: Um, yeah it's like i know we've gone on a tangent though but i mean referees it's a it's a tough job and that's why there is VAR, is to help them out but as we saw in that first decision tonight var's not always right either and sometimes the referee needs to stick to their guns but the right decision was made here it was a penalty to the white caps ryan gold hit it home can't stop him scoring now
0: second goal of the year two
1: and two uh, so he's had the ball in the back of the net four times, and it's only counted twice. But, I mean, after that, I thought, well, there's still some time aptly, since that's what the podcast is called, <laughs> that they they could possibly go on and get the winner. But then, I want to talk about what happened in stoppage time at the other end of the pitch. Saloui, great ball to the back post to Ginda, oh, and I thought, Oh, the header? Oh, Ginda's going right? yeah, yeah. to bury this. He puts it wide. For me... That's a penalty to KC. I oh. thought Martinez pushed him down. His hands were all over him.
0: Oh, I wasn't even looking at that part. Mm.
1: I, I just, I thought that should have been worth a look. Now they probably did have a look and felt it maybe wasn't clear. I mean, it wasn't a clear push. Like you didn't necessarily see. I'm, I'm doing a shoving motion, which is good for the podcast. Yeah, but the hands were on him. As he went down, so it's like, how much force was that? Was yeah. it clearly enough to yeah, overturn well, the decision on the pitch?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, did it put him off? Right, like that's the what do you be asking, right? Like, but if, if there, a penalty had contact, been given there, is there contact, and did it influence the yeah. play? Right, like, yeah.
1: If a penalty had been given there, I would have had no complaints about that whatsoever. I, I would have mm. been like, yeah, fair enough. It was just a, a bad thing for Martins to do. Don't know what he was thinking about, like. Players these days, when you're putting your hands on anyone in the box, it's like you know, there's cameras all over the place, and players yeah, kid, are going to just go down at the drop of a hat.
0: Yeah, it was a huge chance, but I think uh, Kinda's just coming back, right? He, yeah, he was out all last year, and like, he, yeah, uh,
1: the, the Kinda of old, I think, would have buried that yeah, header, yeah, totally, yeah. And it's like, oh, I can't believe they've thrown it away, but it's like, oh, wide. And then we talked about Kaysera's chance later on as well. The
0: the the match, you're saying the match could end with a kind of surprise.
1: Hey. I think
0: I've been hanging out with you too long.
1: I am officially going to say that is the best joke you've ever made on the podcast. (laughs) Letting off a party streamer here. That's very good. I that's one of those jokes that I hear and I'm like, why did I not think of that? (laughs) That is just quality.
0: It's literally this is all the time we spent together that's all that is.
1: Anyway, that was the game. It was 1-1. It was a point apiece. The White Caps started the weekend 6th in the West. They finished the weekend 6th in the West. Well, they finished Saturday night 6th in the West anyway. In fact, that is all the games for this weekend. So they have finished the weekend 6th in the West. Hey. St-, St. Louis topped the table on 28, Seattle second on 27. LAFC on 25, Dallas on 23, San Jose 23, Vancouver 21, Minnesota 20, Austin 19, Salt Lake 19, and that is the top nine. Just outside, Houston on 18, Portland, Kansas City on 17, Colorado still sinking on 13, and LA Galaxy, who had got off the bottom temporarily, sunk back down to the bottom. If we look at the just the scores today around the the west haven't had a chance really to see much, but I did see the highlights from the Seattle Portland Cascadia derby 0-0. Oh yeah, how big, how, nil 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 nil, and it I looks it was a, a... don't even watch it. It was a terrible game. I heard it was a draw. I, yeah, I that, the, the the highlights made it look terrible. I seen, you know it's not a
0: good game. I've seen parts of the the Toronto Minnesota game.
1: RSL beat Austin 2-1. Just when I was thinking Austin had kind of turned the corner, RSL go there and get a big win. Nashville went to Dallas and won 2-1. Minnesota-Toronto was 1-1. So I, I haven't seen that, but you saw so, some highlights from
0: that. Yeah, Toronto-Minnesota? Toronto, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think now who scored. I can't remember who scored the goal for the, at the end. for. Uh, Arriaga. Yeah, so it was very, very, 80, very late.
1: 87th or 88th minute.
0: Yeah something like that And then um, and then of course Insigne uh, Scored a nice nice goal for Toronto He's happy the, to be there Wearing the armband He didn't give the finger I don't think this match to anyone No That, might have, uh, been, that might have been taken well in Minnesota
1: Bob Bradley still hanging on to his job He's get, getting the points needed to, to buy him a little bit more time And there hasn't been any changes there But there has been a change at LA Galaxy Yeah Klein has He's, now gone
0: Yes. But but Van if Greg's still there, right?
1: Yeah. Now I cannot believe Phil Neville got sacked before, before either he... Vanny or Bob Bradley. Yeah. I mean I do feel it's a long time coming. I don't think he was ever suited for that job. And if Miami are trying to tempt Messi here, which I I don't know if he's gonna turn down that lucrative deal that he's been offered in Saudi Arabia or not, but you you can't see Messi going, Oh yeah, I want to play under Phil Neville.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, can you see Messi being like, yes, I will submit to Philip."
1: Yes, (laughs) it was never going to happen, so I'm sure that hasn't played any part in it, but we mentioned Colorado was 0-0 with San Jose, but St. Louis, the big winners, falling up from their win over the Whitecaps with a 3-0 win over Houston, they Mm. can't put six goals up against them. Um, Two PKs for St. Louis And that one as well And that's what sent them to the, the top of the table So interesting stuff In the West We've talked about Toronto We've got one more Canadian team to talk about But we'll talk about that in the next part When we look ahead to the next Whitecaps match The Canadian Championship Final With Montreal At BC Place on Wednesday And we'll be back chatting about that And the
2: CPL After this Hi, I'm Vanni Sartini and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show With a face like this won't break any heart I'm thinking like that I won't make any friends.
1: Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM And kicking off this part, it's the second song from our new Artist of the Month here at AFTN Irish band Therapy That is a song from their album from 1994 Trouble Gum Their second full length album And their highest charting album as well reached number five in the UK charts. That was the first single taken from it, called Screamager. A nice song that lives up to its title. I'm sure everyone will be enjoying therapy this month. Sometimes when you're watching the Whitecaps and other football teams, you feel that you need a little bit of therapy. But do you know what the best therapy is, Zach? Back-to-back Voyager Cups. And that's what the Whitecaps can do on Wednesday night. Montreal come a-calling and I think as long as they've got men on the back post for any set pieces what could go wrong in this Canadian Championship game against a team that came to BC Place not that long ago and were spanked. 5-0. What time was it? It was time we thought for Montreal to sack their manager, but Sada has turned things around, and Montreal's been a, on a little bit of a run, but their away form, still letting them down, and on the wrong end of quite a, a hefty defeat this afternoon as well at Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think that, uh, yeah, going to this game. Obviously, uh, the Whitecaps are the clear favorite. Yeah, um, I, I just for that, for, you know, for Vanny and the coaching staff they'll have to um, with their players ride right, that fine line between confidence and overconfidence um, you know thinking that hey yeah we, we've already smashed these guys 5-0 this is a foregone conclusion right they they can't think that way
1: it's such an unusual game for them to go yeah. to the final as favorites now they they've been used to it in their their cup runs over the last 2 years because they've been playing CPL sides and even with what happened before with Pacific, they went into that semi-final with Pacific as the favourites for it. So they 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 have dealt with that, but this is the first time they've gone into a final as favourites, and the first time that they've gone it, with a chance to win back-to-back cups as well. Now, I watched the highlights of the Montreal game be, before we, we started recording this. Yeah, They did not look good today, and... Philadelphia there was a couple of long range strikes as well, but it's like some of that defending from Montreal is surely going to to give them a little bit of hope Now they had the injury to Camacho
0: but that, but that's uh could hurt them could help them right like
1: yeah, I, I mean I know we've made so many jokes about Camacho over the years, but on his day he can be a really good player for. Or Montreal. on his
0: day, he could punch a white cap in the knee and get sent off.
1: <laughs> yes, there's that as well. Waterman was rested today, or dropped, depending on how you want to look at it. Yeah. So, I mean, you look at the Montreal side today, and you wonder, well, what, was Waterman rested for Wednesday? Was Herrera rested for, for Wednesday? Mason Toy is on the bench. Could he maybe get the start Or on Wednesday? Lapalinen. And Ibrahim got the the start up front. It was a, a 3-4-1-2 formation that Montreal went out with. Mm. I do feel if they go up against the Whitecaps with that, the Whitecaps are going to win this by a couple of goals. Mm. I don't think they can afford to go three at the back against the Whitecaps because you can be pretty sure Betcher's starting this one. You can betcha that Betcher is starting this one. But I... I could really see them having Betcher and White leading the line, with Gold behind. behind. But then Vite is in such good form; it's like it's hard to drop him out of it well, as well.
0: Well, well, didn't Vite play further back today? Yeah, a or little it, bit. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, that could be something that I look at. Um, and the form that Gressel's in out wide as well.
0: Kubis doesn't seem in the greatest, greatest form.
1: No, he had a few good plays today, though.
0: But he had a few bad
1: plays today. Yeah, I, he, yeah. The last couple of games, he has been making those mistakes.
0: And I actually, I, I had the commentary on, and I thought earlier they said, "Oh, Kubas got booked for this," and then he got booked later, and I was like, "Oh, they must have that card must have gone to someone else." It was it was later. It was in the sometime in the second half when I had the volume on, maybe seven sixty five minutes in or something. But he, there was a, a few a few giveaways and a few poor tackles from him, including the, the actual booking. Where I thought, okay, and, they, and then and then I guess being subbed off was maybe a, a, um, more likely with an eye to Wednesday. As yeah, we
1: I, th- I think that would. Anything else? But... A little bit of rest, a little bit tactical as well, just to get some f- fresh legs in there. But you look at Montreal this year, and I know they've turned the table a little bit, and they've got some wins on the board, and they've started to to climb the table. But you're looking at Offor and Kyoto have three goals apiece. And I'm not 100% sure that either of them will be playing on Wednesday night. You look around the rest of the team, and it's hard to see where the goals might come from. Shawnee has got, got two in the season, a few guys with one. They've not been lighting it up.
0: Well, and Toy is back, you said, right?
1: Yeah, Toy was back on the bench today.
0: So Toy, 04 in uh, Kyoto, or, or 03. Players, you have to, you know, be at least somewhat mindful of.
1: Yeah, but Keto is injured just now.
0: Oh, right, right, right.
1: First goal in this one, I think, is going to be crucial. If the White Cats can get an early goal and steady their nerves and steady the ship, then I they, they think they're going to go on and win this quite comfortably, to be honest.
0: It's, is the biggest problem for them with the Canadians are going to start?
1: I don't think so. I mean, for, for all e criticism, criticize Russell Tiber. He can do a serviceable job. And I, okay. I like what Raposo brings. I think Raposo does well in these cup yeah, competitions.
0: Yeah, who's the third one then? Because Ali's not there, probably. And is they're not going to start us all. Levante, perhaps. Oh yeah. I've heard some people calling for him to start, mm. which which I guess would do the trick, but it, it's yeah, it's, actually, it's, you, it's crazy. I it. I can't, I cannot remember them having such a small and dare I say weak pool of Canadians. Mm. Am I wrong?
1: I, I would. I'd say you're. You're right. I mean, I'm. I'm thinking around just quickly off the top of my head, and like yeah, Tybert Raposo. But I, I mean, I. I genuinely would play Levante. But I was sitting watching the WFC two game on on Friday at Swan Guard, i I watched Levante quite a bit during it just his movement off the ball just when he had the ball he brings something so different to the Whitecaps if if you were just looking at the players and not even from this season but if you look at Cordova from last year and Johnson I picked Johnson as the better player he's just got a different skill set he's got such a, a quick turn of foot and he's just such a handful for defenders to, to defend against. And then when you factor in the stuff of what you can get him on a contract for, and his production, he's got four goals now for WFC two, Scored has got another one where he started the move and finished the move on Friday night. I would have no qualms at all. I I'd, I want to see him and Betcher lead the line. And for that reason, we could maybe see White drop to the bench because I think that would be a very exciting front two, and that could also be the future of the Whitecaps front two as well. If you can get Betcher and Johnson to have this season under their belt, with a lot of minutes under their belt, improving their game, developing their skill set, you've got two top quality, cheap talents, you don't necessarily need a DP striker if they're doing the job for you
0: that's one way to look at it yeah,
1: yeah. No, that, that silence I think said everything I, I'm just now imagining people listening at home having that silence as well D- DPs aren't the be all and end all especially in the striking department as we've seen here in Vancouver Mustafa jarred you anybody?
0: Well, he wasn't a striker, they, they tried to sell no, him yeah, you're right,
1: you're right he was not, he was I, I saw him play <laughs> I still have doubts about Blundell being a striker as well and my, my detective friend with the neck tattoo.
0: Yeah. Wait, who is that again? I can't remember his name.
1: RDS. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jo- Joaquin? Joaquin, solving crimes by day. Don't know what he was doing at night. Criminal attacking play, I think he was doing.
0: Wasn't he great at like Uruguay U20 levels, right? That was his... Yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: We have had some criminal attackers <laughs> in the MLS era. In a variety of measures at the Whitecaps over the years, it has to be said.
0: Well, okay, I think the focus, let's shift the focus. The f- let's shift the focus from, yeah, the Canadians, who are they going to play, formation, Montreal's formation, whatever. Let's talk about um, how they're going to get people in the building. Yes, so th- well, they've had, they're, they're they've doing another of- big promotion push again. Yeah. I, I really, I, you know, you talked about last week, I like the, the dollar from each ticket going to help BC League One. Yeah. Whole we'll host next year. It's, or it's, even, all... it's
1: even more than that. So it's one dollar from every ticket will go into right. a fund, half of which will go because we're hosting the interprovincial championships here this year. Right. So for the women's interprovincial championship, a dollar or fifty cents really will go towards the the hosting cost of that. The other fifty cents from every ticket will go to whichever league one team is in the Canadian Championship next season, and is drawn to host, because they might not be drawn to host, they could be drawn away, so they maybe carry on into 2025.
0: Yeah, plus on top of that, then they have links for all the clubs. Yes, every League One
1: club, including the Whitecaps Academy, has a, a $5 link that if you buy your tickets through that link, $5 will go back to those individual League One clubs. So if you're in Kamloops and you're coming through for the game, Maybe a stretch, I guess, because of the, the travel difficulties. But if you're a Unity fan, if you're a, a TSS Rovers fan, an Altitude fan, if you buy a ticket for this game, those clubs, if you use the direct link, will get five bucks. I, I think it's a fantastic initiative by the Whitecaps. I, I touched on it in, on last week's show. It had just come out as we were in post, so I, I just spliced that bit in. So, on the whole, it's gone down very well. And I What I would say is, for any cynics out there, the Whitecaps didn't have to do that. It's like, there was no need for them to do that, but they wanted to make a nice gesture. The Whitecaps came out to that TSS Valor game, they bought their tickets, they watched the game, there's a big group of them came from the Whitecaps' front office, and they were impressed by the game, they were impressed by the the whole event that was put on by TSS, and it's great to see Axel... And the Whitecaps having this initiative. But then they're they're having the cheap drinks before kickoff initiative as well. And hopefully, we are going to get a, a good attendance in. It's hard for the midweek games. They did get 24,000 in for that TFC game. But that was later in the summer. So it's, school yeah. is still in. It's still a school night.
0: Yeah, that's bad. It
1: is us. a 7 o'clock kickoff. Nightmare for me, because I'm actually commentating on altitude that night. So I'm only doing the women's game but it's going to wrap up about 6.20 and then I have to get from North Van down to BC Place in time for seven. Can't see me making kickoff, but hopefully the Whitecaps fast start waits till I get
0: there. Yeah. I, I would argue like I have before that competition in the local market make has made them have to be more competitive. And, and these, oh, yeah. This is the fruit of that, I would say, I would argue. Uh, I would also say that um, I think all these things are good, I but I also feel like they need to probably do some more of the things they did last year, in terms of hey, your name's Ryan or or Andreas or Andrea or yeah. whatever. Like, I'm not saying repeat those yeah. exact things. Are are you called Levante? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're gonna need some. I think some more things because the other thing that's unfortunate for them is, and I think we did mention it last week, is that. uh, you know, Romel Kyoto, other than for minor Campos, is not the draw that Insignia and Bernadeski are. Right, like no. so, they're playing. Their opponent isn't going to draw people into the ground to see the match or support uh, someone from a nation from they're from, or or see, yeah, see the spectacle or whatever. In the same way that it did last year, um, but hopefully a bunch of the people who were there also. I mean, for them, hopefully a bunch of people that were there last year are like, yeah, I want to be there again this year because it was such a great night.
1: Yeah, I think anyone that was there, it's a night that will long live in their memories. I mean, I've, I've spoken about it before. At the end of the game, the Whitecaps told us all, "You can, you guys can go down the pitch and get your interviews on the pitch." So to actually be on the pitch whilst they were getting the trophy, while they were celebrating, hearing the crowd noise, it it was such a magical night, and just the joy from everyone there and the players afterwards and just speaking to them for some of them the first cup that they've won you know what it means to vanny he got the the tattoo and he was asked after the pacific game oh if you win again are you going to get another one and it's like no i'll just add another date under it because he's got 2022 and he was sitting beside julian gressel and i went oh you're going to commit to that as well it's like none no 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 no, no. <laughs> i'll push him on that this week." <laughs> But yeah, hopefully it's a good night, hopefully it's a good turnout, and most importantly, hopefully it's a White Caps win, and it's back to back trophies and back to back appearances in the Champions League. They could be playing this year's Champions League winners next month, because Leon are coming to BC place on july twenty first in the Leeds yeah. Cup, holding a two one lead over LAFC. D- did you watch that at all? Uh,
0: I No, I didn't. I heard a little bit about it, but no, I haven't watched I
1: it. I watched it. That was a fascinating match. Leon dominated that match. Thought they'd got a third goal in stoppage time that was somewhat, for me, controversially ruled out. And then LAFC went up the pitch in one of their rare forays forward, and Buanga, who's just lit it up in this competition, got what could be a massive away goal for them. To make it two one now going into the second leg on Sunday. And I'm really looking forward to watching that. That should be an absolutely cracking one. The atmosphere should be fantastic. You feel Leon need to score if they're gonna win it, but it could be that we're seeing the CONCACAF Champions League champs coming here next month, which I would hope would help also sell some tickets for them. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. When I know folk aren't, but it's like I'm it's something different. We don't get to play Mexican teams very often. I'm I'm genuinely looking forward to it. Then the next day, head over to the island for Highlanders TSS, in which could be the, the decider to see who gets the Canadian Championship spot for League One next year as well. So that could be a fantastic weekend. It's nice when you have a good weekend, isn't it, Zach? Yeah. Do you remember what one of those was like as a Vancouver FC fan?
0: Uh, every weekend's great as a Vancouver FC fan
1: I know you, You're enjoying it on the terracing I think I, I think we can call it terracing Because it is standing
0: Yeah, no, it's great yeah. It's been, been uh, Almost exclusively positive
1: Now, we, we spoke in the last couple of shows That there was a conflict for me On Friday night Would I go to my first Vancouver FC game The BC Derby Or would I choose WFC 2 So I told you I was going to WFC 2 they're my team, like to support them. Very boring first half. It was a good second half, I enjoyed it, and it went to a penalty shootout, and the White Cats won. So I, I was happy with my night. I was back home early anyway, and then I could sit down and I could watch the the match in full. Now, I'd tried my best, I'd muted all the WhatsApp groups I'm in, I didn't check my, my email. Half time, sending out a tweet of the half time score WFC2. Up pops a message from Residual Image with a photo of TJ Tahid just saying how happy we all are that he scored his first goal to equalise it at 2-0 at half-time. I was like, oh, well, that spoiled it. But I yeah. did manage to avoid the second half score. So I came home, watched the first half highlights on the YouTube and then watched the second half in full. Now, in terms of gameplay, I think I chose the wrong game to go to. A nine-goal Derby thriller.
0: Well, that's just uh, in the highest scoring single match game in CPL history. Yes. Um, but, I mean, I think you should divulge the real reason you didn't go. Can I just tell people the real reason you didn't okay, go? Okay, you, you can. It was because you did not want to confront Josh Hurd.
1: <laughs> yes. Funny you should say that. I did maybe utter an expletive at him when I saw him on the screen. I can't believe it. It just really... naturally came out. I was like, "Oh, of course it would be that," expletive.
0: Yeah, it was. That was a, a and the gang. A, that was a pretty nice strike, though. You
1: it 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 was, but I mean, it it seemed a a fantastic game. I've got to say, I mean, I mentioned Tom Residual Image. He must have some kind of repetitive strain injury on his his shutter fingers. I think he was at BC Place on Wednesday night. Eight yeah. goals. He was at that game on Friday night. Nine goals. He went to the TSS Rivers women's game this afternoon. Five nine four goals. win for TSS. Nine Another nine goals. Yeah. So he's he's been a he's been a busy lad over the the last couple of weeks. But I mean, I did not expect anything like this. I first half, I thought Vancouver FC played really well. They showed great fighting spirit. Because I knew TJ had scored, when I saw the first goal, I was like, that's not his goal. The ball's over the line. Yeah, that's and of course it was Yeah, it was qualified. Jay it it wasn't. But, I mean, it was it was a, it was a good comeback. But I, as a neutral, and I will call myself a neutral, although I do go more towards the purple side. If, if you hadn't sent me a message right at full time saying, do you want to record as soon as possible? I was going to put on my Pacific FC octopus shirt that I bought and my hat. Just to troll you, but I don't have time to do that. But I, I was, I was happy that Pacific win. My heart is purple, as I, as I sent you that nice little purple <laughs> heart. I, I was happy that they won. They're they're my BC CPL
0: team. Yeah, Vancouver you FC
1: go. win me over. Sign half of the TSS squad.
0: Yeah, that's not going to happen. You you know. This I know.
1: Thing. I know. They don't want to win.
0: No, they're too old.
1: At all, which they're not. That's the farcical thing. But anyway, we won't go into that debate again. That, though, as the neutral watching, was one of the differences. You had a much more experienced, older-headed Pacific side for me that's got experience in this league, experience playing together, that just seemed a step above Vancouver FC in many areas of the pitch. Maybe
0: not yeah. goalkeeping. Yeah, yeah, definitely not goalkeeping. Um, I, I, without Caden Chung, a, a significant loss. Yeah, you and I have talked. Uh, we won't go into the details now. There's a, there was a signing for, for Vancouver FC that that uh, you know didn't come. Well, it happened, but it wasn't he wasn't able to you know come and play. So I think there's a significant hole in the team. Also, Sandoval, well, Sandoval wasn't, I don't think, fit to start, but came on for TJ in the second half, which I would argue maybe uh, would have been better if they just left TJ on because Sandoval, uh, we were talking about it at the, at the stadium. I can't remember who said it, um, but Sandoval is a, is, has got a little bit of a Davide Cumento to him where, where he you know can be you know uh, creative going forward, but maybe isn't as... Solid defensively, <laughs> defensively, and so
1: that's fair.
0: Um, uh, yeah, but uh, no, I mean, yeah, I, I, the thing is, I, you know what, I still like most of the, like the young players that 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 we have, and I'm excited to you know grow with them. Uh, I know Rob's approach. I know what he's doing. I know some of. I know mostly why he's doing it, and uh. I don't know. I'm really encouraged. Yeah, like yeah, Min Jae Kwak, you know, gets off the mark and works really hard. Obviously, you could argue that he's at fault for the sixth goal, you know, in in late, late, late <laughs> stoppage time.
1: Yes, but by uh, that point, that's not exactly.
0: That, that's uh, it's not game defining, obviously, or, or or changing. But you know, he's he's a, a good young, uh, like a good player who I think is going to push on. Um, Crawford, I still really, really enjoy you know watching him play. Yeah, you've really him.
1: raved about him this year. Yeah,
0: I really like Crawford. And then, obviously, Ibrahim Bakari is – to me, he's not a right back. I understand why they're using him at right back, but he's just such a – He's a very likable guy. Well, he's a likable guy, but he also like – yeah, he set up the first goal with a cross from right back mm. that found its way to clock at the back post, right? Like, he's contributing – and he does things on the on the pitch uh, obviously he gave away a penalty that was not helpful but again that's the fifth goal and again not definitive in the match um but uh i don't know there's a, a lot of these young players is are really exciting and encouraging and yeah i'm excited to for the club to grow with them and to see yeah. where, where they go in, in a similar way to how I know you, Michael, and some of your, your colleagues are It's at TSS where you're like, Hey, we got these young guys and we want them to push on. This is obviously a different level, literally in the pyramid in mm. Canada. And, uh, it's exciting to see players. And then obviously the obvious one is TJ. Um, yes, so- uh, so- he's a guy so-
1: that you don't think is going to be hanging around in Vancouver for long. No,
0: because the kid is, is talented like oh i awesome. mean the,
1: the, he's got the quality but they did feel a little gulf in quality at, at times i, I mean the, the game changed when saluf came on yeah i mean he's a great addition for pacific 21 yeah, he, year old he, he, dutchman
0: he, he was named man of the match right like he, he played like 30 minutes or, yeah or, or, but
1: i mean or, you know, he just he just changed the game yeah scored assisted mm mm-hmm. I think he was brought down for the penalty as well, if I remember right. I can't remember top if we of my head, but it's like he was definitely the difference maker. But I mean, you know, it's bad when you let Kakuta Mani score.
0: Yeah, I knew it you was a cracking it. goal though. I, I'm, I'm pleased
1: for Scooter. I, I like Scooter. I know I ragged on him a little bit for not being the player that he is from years ago, and he hasn't been good. I don't think for the last five years. If this can reignite a spark in him, if this can, league can bring the best out of him, I want to see it. Yeah. Because he's such a, a, just a lovely lad, but he hasn't shown it so far. Well, but then was he's an, still clearly in there because that was a great finish from him.
0: It was a nice move, nice finish. But again, the problem is that he was left like inc- like totally... Wide unmarked. open, yeah. Yeah. Which again, I I believe was Quak not helping back or one of the other central midfielders not doing things right but yeah i might be wrong on that but
1: i thought it was a good turnout all round i i was well, hoping it would i was a little concerned 3400 i heard was the announced attendance. yeah that's, that's what i heard
0: uh, it, yeah. so this is one of those times where it was announced at 3400 but then when you compare it to the last two games it felt like more more than 3400 because both those games i'm pretty sure like the um percentage of uh tickets sold to people on the ground was much lower for those mm-hmm. games whereas this one was much higher i would would be my guesstimate right there was of the 34 3400 that announces that's tickets sold i would say a yeah, much higher percentage of them were actually in the stadium where those other games the percentage would have been low like low. you know what i'm saying does that make sense what i'm saying oh no yeah and so it felt because i remember when we heard that we're like it feels like there's a little bit more because most of the east stand was sold the west stand was uh Kind of between those two games and opening day, so it was not full, but there was more people in it by far. And then the end, a little bit the same. But then there was all people on the the grassy knoll on the on the on the north side, and um, yeah. Anyways, it, it felt um, it felt more than thirty four, but that's obviously probably not going to lower the number. <laughs> I thought um, it was a good turnout
1: from the Pacific fans as well.
0: Yeah, there was between For a Friday 50, night
1: game. I mean, that's that was a good turnout from them.
0: Yeah, there was between fifty and sixty Lakeside Boys, and then like approximately a uh, hundred, like f- family and friends of the players and stuff, is what I was told.
1: Oh, when we're talking about the attendance for the Whitecaps Montreal game, Joe Waterman will be bringing about a yeah. hundred fans to that, so at least that will get the the fans out.
0: Well, yeah, totally. Mm. Yeah, he'll have a good contingent. You would imagine.
1: But it seemed for, from your section as well with the fanatics. It seemed a, a good turnout. It was you could hear both sets of fans in the broadcast as well, and I love what you've done, tifo wise, banner wise at the. Do you,
0: do you get the tifo?
1: Yeah, um, you, you might not have seen the. I saw Tom. Kind of put them, yeah. I, so, yeah.
0: can you can you send me Tom's photo? Actually, I would like to use that. Yeah, I sure. Credit credit him, but obviously. Mix, use music in some of our stuff, our posts or whatever. Yeah. Ba- so yeah, you- I thought the Eagle's Nest's looking superb back there. Well, you know, you understand, right? Like, you understand the display? The Cure we're playing on Friday. Oh, yeah, Vancouver. Friday
1: I'm in Love. Oh, I didn't know yeah. they were playing on
0: Friday. They were playing Friday night in Vancouver. Oh. So it's, we just did red placards, and then the word banner at to the top, it's Friday, we're in love, and then a heart with an yes.
1: Eagle. Yes. Yeah. I- are you going to do any other Cure songs for your... I- I don't Don't, don't so. do Killing an Arab, because that probably will get yeah, you.
0: Yeah, that'd be good, yeah. Yeah, yeah my, thanks for bringing that up, Mike. No, yeah, I, I saw Tom's photo. Uh, uh, Tom's buddy, Couch Ultras, took a nice photo too of it.
1: Yeah, that was a good display. I like the big banner, Welcome to the Dark Side, even though you ripped it off from BB5. But I like that at the back of the, the stand as well. I think that's good. Well, well, that's... Oh, I bought well, him the, uh, the stand, yeah. brother.
0: Well, that's because there's so much space to fill. And so for now we typically we wouldn't use a, something that was in a display as a railing banner but for now while we're things are still early it's like yeah, oh. yeah we'd rather fill the whole thing right yeah so, I, I think so, it's very striking though and yeah, yeah
1: you've got the the valley one as well
0: yeah that's our all-weather one so we bought someone on rainy days that'll be there Whereas most of the other ones won't.
1: I, I, <laughs> I prob- genuinely, I know that's not what you're wanting to do permanently, but I think the two of them are really striking. They make a very big visual impact. If yeah. you're just flicking it on, it really pops out at you.
0: Oh, it's good to hear. I'll tell the people. Um, yeah, that that it's Friday. It's it's Friday. We're in love again. That'll probably hang as a reeling really batter on. So we have like I think two more Friday night matches. It, well, did this pick up on the broadcast? I will, and I'm not the greatest judge of these kinds of things. But there's only the, the four um lights in the corner. It felt really dark at the end of the game.
1: I, I didn't pick it up on the broadcast, but Tom's photos looked very dark. And yeah. I was like, Whoa. I don't yeah. remember it being that it was it was glorious sunshine when I left Swan Guard and it oh, was no, bright it, and it, I was like, Oh
0: it was great until maybe the last fifteen minutes. Kind of like with the score. It kinda mm. went to, like dark <laughs> the, score. the Yeah. Score. <laughs>
1: All in all, you're happy with the direction that the team's going. Genuine question. Obviously, like, no fun intended here or just trying to troll you, but giving up five goals to Ottawa, giving up six goals to Pacific at home, do you feel that could impact attendance going forward? Or do you feel that it's maybe a crowd that's like, oh, well, we're not winning, but these are entertaining, high-scoring games, which is... Always been something leveled at the Whitecaps fan base that there's a bulk of them don't really care what the score is; they just want to see goals in the games and be entertained.
0: Honestly, I think it's probably a little bit of a column A, a little bit of column B. You know, if if, if I'm honest, I think for people who've been following all along and they see the progression of the team, they see the step for, like the steps forward. Yeah, I think if it was six nil to Pacific, yeah, it would, there would be some people, more people, who would be let's say highly discouraged. But the fact that it was, we scored goals. We scored first time, first. You know, talk this whole season of first, right? First time that we scored three goals in a in a single match, right? Or three goals at home, uh, first penalty at home, whatever. You know, like there are there are positives to it Um, in terms of what the impact will be. I mean, I mean, you making your debut on a Tuesday night match. I'm I'm concerned about what that crowd will be like because it's not against specific. Because I'm there no not because you're there but because oh, but it's the, it, be the champs are coming to town yeah but, but see, yeah I it, they're I mean, not
1: exactly a huge draw it, I, I think I, it's I the
0: only tuesday night only midweek night of the year i think so it'll be and it's it, like again like you said before with the, the, the voyager's cup finale yeah people, kids are still in school they're well, still also well,
1: depending but, i mean i'm assuming most of the fan base are from that side of the bridge but it, it Genuinely, it's going to be a nightmare for all the midweek games for me coming up from East Vancouver, because the highway is just jam-packed. It's one of those games I might give Felipe a call, going, "Hey, do you want a ride so we can use the HOV lane?"
0: Oh yeah, totally. The good thing is, or
1: use that blow-up doll that you got me
0: at Christmas. There's good parking everywhere, so like, yeah,
1: I've heard that Well, no, actually, I heard there was there was some issues. One of the games that there wasn't tons left, but. one of the other things i was doing the rounds was they couldn't have the game on the saturday it had to be the friday because there's an event at the lec today and they didn't want to have two events for the parking in the complex
0: oh yeah you know what actually yeah that's probably right because today was the bandits were playing their home opener oh that's
1: what it was yes yeah
0: so that i bet you they probably tried to move it and then the lec said you can't probably yeah that'll be why it was the friday yeah, because, the, because obviously they got the opening Friday moved, um, but that's probably why they didn't get this one moved. And I think there was, I didn't see the number, but I have a buddy who was there. I think the attendance was pretty, pretty good for the Bandits today, I think, because it's the home opener and, yeah. Um,
1: Do they get the 9,000 that the lacrosse guys get? When you sent me those stats during the week as to they, what they've been drawing at the lacrosse well, games. Yeah, I but was, the, Lacro-
0: Where is the lacrosse, where's the lacrosse?
1: Rogers Arena, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I genuinely did not know they got those kind of crowds.
0: Yeah, it was very it impressive. Was, it was quite crazy, yeah.
1: But if you've been going to the, the Vancouver FC game so far, let us know just your, your thoughts of it uh, as attending. What do you think of the team? Do you think they're going to be competitive? It's it's a weird league, the CPL, and it does look like you've got Pacific and Forge as the two powerhouses this season. But the other six spots, I think, are completely going to be up for grabs going into the last month of the season. I think every single team is going to be in with a shout of making the, the playoffs. There's just been so much party just now. So if Vancouver FC can tighten up a little bit defensively, which I can't believe I'm saying because I was singing their praises for how solid they were pre-season. Obviously, way different levels that that they've been playing.
0: And between, do, well, between the two uh, results at home, where there were significant goals, there was also two clean sheets, right? Yes,
1: there was that as well, which is a is a positive. I do feel they need to strengthen the depth, and if they, yeah. it's not easy when you've got a full squad because you're going to have to so, move full corner or whatever. I, I, in that regard, like, they played TSS in a friendly, and TSS beat them 2-1, and it was more the second stringers of Vancouver FC. Yeah. But it also wasn't the full-strength TSS side. Yeah. So, to me, that would be alarm bells ringing for Ashvin of, look, we need to really get this depth stronger than it is. Although
0: well, no, there will be... uh Like, July 1st, I think, is when the window opens or whatever.
1: But they only Uh, have that one vacant roster spot, so they're going to have to move
0: players on. If I was guessing, I think you'd see at least one or two players moved on. That would be my guess. I mean, part of it, there's guys who who are injured who haven't been able to play. There's, Yeah, I think there's ways that they they will be able to add one to, let's say, one to three players.
2: And, And one of those
0: players needs to be, like, a difference maker type, like they were trying yeah. to bring earlier.
1: I, I'd still, and I, they touched on this in the broadcast, which I, I'm guessing you haven't really had a chance to watch the broadcast back. But no, I haven't. The, the last couple, they've been touching on the fact that they need to get a, basically an out and out striker. Hundle's doing all the heavy lifting just now, but I'm not sure that he was the guy that they thought was going to be the guy that, that was going to be doing that when they brought him in. Maybe, maybe they were. Maybe I'm, I'm wrong there, but. It does feel that if they can get in another striker, maybe a difference-maker midfielder, which still the hope is Sandoval is going to be that guy that can kind of bridge those two roles when they can get fully fit. This is a team that definitely can make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I mean, anything's possible, you know, to finish top five, but um, yeah, I think... It'll all be how the alterations go in the middle of the season. I think yeah. will be pretty, pretty defining. But, but not
1: just for it, them, for some of the other teams as well.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, of course. Uh, but yeah, I like as as uh, not ideal as the result was for me. It was still like whenever you do a display that you again you have a, a significant amount of people pouring their heart into getting it ready, and then you have you know whatever two hundred people, one hundred fifty to two hundred people help pull off and. You know you have the Irving family and you have you know you know people you would you would know you know like Claudio was there with a few of the prawnsiders who <laughs> um uh one of them who has season tickets I know for sure and yeah it was it, it was just it was fun Nat Naz was there you know um Smitty has season tickets slamos family was there it was yeah it was just it was and then there's a, like a kid who's having his birthday party and so we sang happy birthday for him and yeah, it's just the, Then
1: you found out it was a Pacific fan, so you put the birthday cake no, in his face.
0: No, there was a Pacific fan in the end, on the opposite end. We were like, should we say something? And yeah, there, I, I will say, I, I will say that there, yeah, we still need to work on like protocols and security and whatever for how all these things work with away fans. There, there's definitely a lack of understanding. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's still something that's relatively new here. And... Like in League One, there's a few away fans turn up, but it's it's more friendly because everyone there's the rivalry on the pitch, but it's more just a, a friendly thing. It's like, oh, you guys have made the trip from Camloops, nice to see you,
0: and yeah, all that kind of stuff. But the but there there is an edge to some of the stuff, and I think when.
1: Well, it just takes one idiot for things to boil over as well. But, but I, haven't, I haven't been there yet, so it's okay. But
0: that's but that's the thing, right? Like when you antagonize, antagonize, and then someone takes it further than you would expect, then yeah. is is it all their fault? Is it partly your fault because you've been so antagonistic? Yeah. Yeah, you, know, you know, like it's again. I'm not. I don't condone violence or whatever. But like, yeah, there's some thing, There's some things that just need to be done security wise, uh, probably in both grounds before the next matches that. That that uh, that will require, I guess, in part, the clubs just to, you know, pay more money for security.
1: Yeah, I mean, from from being at the two Pacific games against TSS and the Whitecaps as well, it was two different sections that the way fans had. Neither of them were ideal.
0: And Neither of them had proper security.
1: No, and it's like for the the Whitecaps game, the Ali Ahmed injury probably sort of killed off any maybe animosity that might have existed between the two fans, I don't think there was anyway but that and the early goals I think kind of made that one a bit calmer, but it just takes one hothead one drunk person to say the wrong thing, do something stupid and and it can all kick off but that's the discussion for another day that is it for this episode of the AFTN Soccer Show, apart from this episode's wavelength and I no plans to play a song like this on the show for this week. But uh, have you heard of the the Scottish writer Irvin Welsh? Zach, he did Train Spotting. Uh,
0: oh, I've heard of Train Spotting. Yeah, think so person. he wrote
1: Train Spotting, loads of other books. One of his books is called Crime, and it's uh, about a, a detective investigating Mister Confectioner. ...a serial child killer that they thought they had caught... ...but they got the wrong person over the years... ...keeping it light on the AFT and soccer show. So more children are, like, taken and killed and stuff... ...and it's just about him investigating it. So he's a troubled policeman... um, ...and his grounding thing is to list Hearts players... ...because he's a Hearts fan, his dad was a Hearts fan... ...and there was an incident in his childhood where his dad had a heart attack at a game. Didn't die, but was never the same after the, the game. This is the fiction, not Irvin Welsh. Um And the game in question was a game that I actually attended. It was Dundee versus Hearts, May 1986. 3rd of May 1986. And Hearts had gone undefeated for, I think it was something like 28 games and they were about to win the the Scottish Premiership title for the first time. They just needed a point to, to win it. Celtic were playing St Mirren that day and Celtic won 5-0 and they were 4-0 up by half time. So they knew that was getting done. So it was a very tense atmosphere. I don't know why, but I I talked to somebody at my mum's work to take me to it. I said, oh, I'd like to go to this game. I think it's going to be a good game chance to see history. I was sitting in the Dundee end because that was just where we we got our tickets for. So everything was going well. There was less than 10 minutes to go. It was 0-0. Hearts were set to win the, the premiership title. Dundee had brought a sub on called Albert Kidd who was a Celtic fan and Albert Kidd scored two goals in the last 10 minutes to stop Hearts winning the title and give Celtic the title. So he is like a legend amongst Celtic fans, even though he's a Dundee player, and he's hated, and his name just triggers, like, burying your head head in your lap and rocking back and forward. But anyway, long story short, although it wasn't that short, so it was referenced in Crime, and he was talking about his dad having a heart attack in that game. So then I watched the highlights back uh, just this week after finishing the series, and just watched the the game back and i thought there must be some songs written about albert kidd from either a celtic point of view and that he's a hero or from the hearts point of view that he's the villain so i found one written by a guy called mick chinford it's performed by a number of bands so i've picked the version by a band called glass nevin because i like this one it's like a cross between glass vegas and pat nevin and this is a song Released in 2020, and it's just called Albert Kidd. But there's a corner to Dundee
0: over an that far side, a high and curling ball is let it down by Broad and and a goal! A goal left by Albert Kidd! It was a Saturday in the
2: 1986, the day that the nightmare began. On to in the league, Celtic were six to one. All oh, the ricky was buzzing, and the tickets were scarce. As champions elect, we would be. We had a few drinks, sang a few songs, then headed off to play Dundee. Twelve o'clock noon. And the bossy has arrived In a fleet of a thousand or more We promised our friends We'd bring back the league Not knowing what lay in store As our boss made its way up or give o'er Our new song we sang it with pride One o'clock came And the last boss pulled out was a day our lovely team died The scarves and the banners They crack in the wind As we tear up the 85 We felt so excited We just had to win It felt good just being alive Our buses we left In Sanadise streets As we all crammed into the crowd Was blown and then's park was a great one of sound. He the jam tarts attacked and we hit the post. And a young lad beside us, he faints. And half thinking soon, and the scoreline was blank, but Celtic put four past the Saints. Oh, surely to God, keep the out and brother if we did we'd be the champions for the first time in years but then up stepped Albert Kid Kids scored again and showed sure cells and we hung our heads in despair no one believed that we'd lost the lead with just seven minutes to spare Some of our players fled in dismay, I looked for a good place to hide, we stood around helpless, confused in the day. Souvenirs gathered We all left behind The programmes and tickets Are gone But the air speaks A different in silence And the name Albert Kidd Lingers on well, It's all happening here too
1: But
0: it's Dundee coming forward again They've got a new lease of life And forward comes Glennie moving that ball inside Gets it, it's Alain Kid And the Hearts fans
2: feel they have taken enough. They're running onto the park
1: now, and this is a great, great pity. Just four minutes left. The Hearts. Fans... Glass Nevin there, Albert Kidd, telling the story from the Hearts perspective of getting on their buses, going to Dens Park thinking they were going to win the, the Premier title and having their hearts broken, ironically, by Albert Kidd. But that is it now for this episode of the and Soccer Show. Just before we go, Zachary, any final thoughts? Anything caught your eye this week that doesn't involve German football?
0: You can find me on Twitter, at Am. No, just uh, come join Michael on Tuesday, June 20th. Out in Langley for the the game against Forge.
1: Well, I'll be in the press box. I wouldn't join me up there. They they kind of frown upon those things. I'll have my well, prawn sandwiches. Yeah. But Michael, I, Actually, you, if it, if it's not baking sunshine, I might come down with you guys. We'll see.
0: Yeah, actually, I'm hoping that that's not the first uh, wet wet match. <laughs> I would quite enjoy that. Actually, again, the weather at the game on Friday it was it was great. Like I felt like. Uh, yeah, i don't even need this bucket hat i sunscreen maybe for me because i'm kind of like you a little bit um but in the second half i was like i could maybe use a
1: hoodie <laughs> i i was wearing a fleece hoodie because yeah. when you're under the stand in swan guard it's freezing
0: oh yeah
1: <laughs> and even with that I was a little bit chilled as well but yeah looking forward to that finally going to get out to a game there and then once we get into july i'll be pretty much at every Every game after that, there's not really any clashes. Maybe one or two with UBC. I haven't got the UBC schedule yet. Um, Last thing I want to say is our other podcast that we do, our East Fife podcast, Glory Days of Gold. Check that out if you just want to hear some fun football talk about Scottish football. But check out our Twitter account. It's just Glory Days of Gold. Because we've got a fundraiser, a GoFundMe at the moment. Uh, one of our players, Sam Denham, got injured in the first couple of minutes of the second leg of our playoff, promotion playoff game. Um, and it's an ACL tear. And he's a part-time footballer, as everyone at uh, East Fives level is. So he works as a, a fitness trainer and stuff as well. But because of this ACL injury, and he's self-employed, he's not able to work. So mm-hmm. he's actually lost all this income. And the operation for the ACL is going to cost about eight pounds to £10,000. So we've set up a GoFundMe in conjunction with East Fife Football Club to, to raise money for him. It's had a great response from fans, from teams all over Scotland, from players as well, from opposition teams as well. And it's just to, to make sure that Sam can can get the kind of hospital care that he needs and have some income coming in to look after his family as well. It's something we're light years ahead of here in North America. The way that we look after our players and the players' unions look after their, the players. Mm. Although there's a players' union in Scotland, they don't have a separate kind of medical side of things as well. So we were talking to one of our former players who had been told that he'd been offered this deal of a set amount per game and then quite a high goal bonus or he could take a higher amount per game and a much lower goal bonus. So he took the higher amount per game, and with the extra money, he put that to get him private health insurance in case he got injured. So Mm. players shouldn't need to be doing that. And... When they're giving their all for the clubs, East 5's doing well, they're standing by him, he's out of contract, but they are going to stand by him and hopefully offer him a, a new deal at the end of this as well. So if you do feel it in your heart to support a lower league Scottish player, head over to Glory Days of Gold on Twitter, check that out and you'll see the GoFundMe. And it's all legit, it's run through the club and we're just trying to get Sam some decent care. But that is it for this episode of the show. I am looking forward to Wednesday night. Commentating at altitude, heading down to BC Place. It should be a good one. There's more football coming up this weekend. It's a Champions League final on Sunday. Not sure when this will come out. Hopefully we'll get this out before the, the show comes out. Anything you're watching this week? No,
0: I just wanted, the one game I didn't, didn't talk about this week that I, I watched parts of, uh, Wolfsburg. So close. So close to... Knocking out Barcelona or knocking off Barcelona in the Women's Champions League oh, final, yes. Alexand- Alexandra Pop with a, uh with a nice headed goal. Uh, they took a I can't remember who scored the first goal. They took a, a two nil lead early, uh, and then in the second half, I think I think all three goals were in the second half. <laughs> yeah, uh, and they ended up losing three two to Barcelona. So um, mm-hmm. shout out to Wolfsburg's uh, women's team who've been great over the years, been one of the leaders. I mean, Bayern won the Women's Bundesliga this year which is great, but um, yeah, I really was hoping that Wolfsburg would be able to pull off uh, the upset over Barcelona in the Champions League final.
1: Well, talking uh, of Women's European Champions League, there's a player that plays for Rivers FC. Mm. She's going to be going to a, a Thompson Rivers Wolf Park for the college season this fall. Essie Lufo, she's an Albanian international. She's been capped uh, 11 times for her country. But she played, or she was playing for the top club in Albania. Four straight Albanian titles for her. Ten for the club in in general. But she got to play in the Champions League. They got through the qualifying and her team got to the group stage and they were drawn in a group with Chelsea, PSG and Real Madrid. It's like, what an experience for a a young girl to play in in those games. And today she was at Swangard, the finest stadium of them (laughs) all. (laughs) <laughs> Score two goals as well. Just again, the amount of folk that's going to care about this is probably you can count them on the one hand, but her goal scoring record is incredible. At all the clubs that she's played with in Albania, she has scored more goals than she's made appearances, and we're talking over a hundred nice. each. So she's averaging more than one goal per game how, and she's already how, got four goals in the six games for Rivers. She looks how, a talent.
0: How how old is she? Like how, 21. Like, how oh yeah, so she's got one. So okay. she's
1: coming over here now to, to do her, her college career. She was meant to be going to Charleston, NCAA, uh before COVID hit, then went back to play pro in Albania. So now she's over coming to college here. But she looks a, a real find and it's one of those players that when Project 8 starts... She's going to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah. And teams are crying out for goal scorers. It's like she's going to be very much in demand. She seems a fantastic talent. What's nice. the name? Essie Luffo. I'm also looking forward to West Ham in the Conference League final on Wednesday. I've taken Wednesday off. Yeah,
0: I'm looking forward to them getting stuffed by Fiorentina. No,
1: no, 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 no. Uh, there's, there's I'm looking a, forward to the, the fights that we're the, gonna see before and after. Should be a lot of fun. The,
0: there's the real purple th- purple team. Well I might I don't know I don't know if you got tickets, but I know someone who has a hotel booked for Prague.
1: Ah. I, I read a a fun thing on one of the West Ham pages today of uh, a kid trying to argue or a dad trying to argue with his kids' school while he's taking his kids to Prague for an educational trip <laughs> to see West Ham play in the final. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's so many West Ham fans wanting to get get there that it's making uh, it's it's problematic for 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 my friend to get uh, into the game. I I, don't
1: know I, if it's I, I I remember West Ham beating Fiorentina in the Anglo-Italian Cup Winners' Cup final because I had the program for that for years because a big West Ham fan had a huge West Ham collection of programs that I sold before I, I moved over here, and that was one of the prized ones. Anyway, we're rambling now. I said I was going to wrap this up 10 minutes ago Let's do it now I said to Zach we'd finish this at 11.30 It's 12.20 now That is this for now Thank you for listening Thank you for listening to our rambles We'll be back soon Until then Thanks for listening Take care Mon the caps And let's hope For back to back Voyager's Cups Go into your first match